try. It's not unique. Please check around. My goodness, it's close to it. Ah, stand up, baby. We're all standing. Everyone's standing. Everybody get up. All right, and we are back with the big stuff. Today we have a fairly special guest. You know, we've had a lot of big guests on this time, but none more than uh, Mr. Michael Witt himself. How are we, brother? Good, mate. Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey, my pleasure, my pleasure. So uh, Michael Witt uh, grew up in Toowoomba and attended uh, Harrison State High School where he was a uh, boxer, which I didn't know until I was um, doing my research about you, and played league for Newton Lions and he later went on to represent Queensland in the rugby league at the under-15s in 99 and under-16s in 2000. Uh, during 99, he was spotted by the Parramatta Eels as a player with much potential and he was offered a scholarship by the club, which he accepted. And in the following year, he moved to Sydney to join his older brother, Stephen, at Parra, uh, where he spent the next three seasons in the lower grades. Uh, during the 2 season, Michael Whip played, SG, uh, Bull, played the SG Bull Grand Final, where his Parramatta team was defeated 18-16 uh, by the Western Suburbs. Um, when Parramatta's halfback, Paul Green, was injured, uh, Michael Whip was promoted to the team as Green's replacement to make his National Rugby League debut on the 2nd of May in 2003 against the Chooks. Uh, Michael then went on to play for Manly and the Warriors before having a stint in the New Zealand Cup for Otago before returning to the league back via Super League, uh, playing for both the Crusaders and the London Broncos. Having played 179 matches, uh, league matches, Whit went on to score 51 tries and a total of 1,053 points in his career as a league player. Quite a record you got there, bud. <laughs> Quite a few track sets I've moved around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, got to, we've got to just a quick fire five questions for you here. Are you a, you a beam, I mean, sorry, a bar or a dance floor kind of person? If you go in and go to the bar. club. Bar. Bar for me. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Too, too, too much moving for a big boy, and I get too sweaty on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, fa- favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie. Um, Braveheart. Braveheart's always a good, good one. You can't go wrong with Braveheart. Any given Sunday. Um, yep. They're probably two that spring to mind straight away. Yeah, Braveheart's a good one. I do like Braveheart as well. Um, your favorite player growing up as a kid? Favourite player, Robbie O'Davis. Uh, used to play fullback for the Knights. Uh, family friend um, who was brought up uh, in Toowoomba. Um, played for the same club as I did. His parents were my godparents. So always looked after him. He was someone that I looked at and thought, well, if he can do it, moving from Toowoomba, so can I. And, um, yeah, just tried to follow in his footsteps as much as I could. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, your hero? Mm. Hero, Robbie O was probably one of my heroes. I like, I got to spend some time with him. I really looked up to him. Um, obviously, my older brother at the time was doing some good stuff as well, so I looked up to him. Um, um, I love Jeff Fennick. Jeff Fennick's a boxer. Uh, I was a kid. I did a little yep. bit of that. So I looked up to him as, um, yeah, just his work ethic and how hard he was prepared to tear in. Um, they were guys that I really, really admired. Yep. Um, now, if you could have three people, past or present, to have a beer with, um, who are you choosing? Past or present? Um, I'd like to have a beer with uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I yep. think he's a pretty special dude. Um, three people. Um, 
Yeah, probably, probably all sports players, really. I, I think Ken Griffey Jr. was a bit of a gun. <laughs> um, I liked yeah. him. And and um, I reckon uh, Floyd Mayweather would be a bit of, bit of fun to have a drink with as well. You ought to make him buy the beers, wouldn't you? 100%. He'll buy the whole liquor store. <laughs> That's why he's invited. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get stuck into it. Now, this is, like I said in the intro, you're a bit of a boxer. Now, I didn't I didn't realise this until I was, um, look, you know, doing a bit of deep research on you. And um, yeah. can, can you tell us a bit about that in your high school days? Yeah, just, um, you know, as a kid, it was something that I that I always loved. You know, I, I wanted to be Rocky Balboa. Um, I yep. just, I loved, I loved fighting. I'm not fighting, boxing rather. Um, I had a bit of temper. Um, so the old men sort of threw me into that to <laughs> control my temper a little bit as well. So um, I used to do a little bit of that as a kid. Um, soon as footy finished, I'd go, go to boxing for the off season and then come back to footy um, and absolutely loved it. it. Sort of got to a point in time where I had to choose. I was going to the Australian titles for boxing. So it was choose boxing mm. or footy because we had footy on the same weekend. So um it was never. It was always something I loved doing, but I, I never wanted to make a career out of being a, a fighter. So uh, it was a pretty simple decision to try and pursue my, my rugby league. Yeah, well, that actually ties into my next question. There actually is: is was it always league for you? Yeah, yeah, always league. Um, my, my family's a, a rugby league family. My dad played. Um, we've always been brought up around uh, rugby league. Um, and as I said, I've seen guys like Robbie A. Davis, Steve Price do it from Toowoomba, from my local area. Um, and to be yeah. to be fair, I was quite naive. I just thought that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play professional football. Um, I worked real hard, um, and it was just as I say, quite naive that I thought I'll get there. I'll get there one day. And I just was pretty single-minded. Um, looking back now, as a kid, I didn't know all the all the other stuff that went on, but um, you give me that tunnel tunnel vision and, and I guess it paid off in the end. I, I got there. I wasn't real good, but I, I got there for, for a fair period of time. Saying that, I mean, I, I, that was always what I wanted to pursue a rugby league career, but I, I, I used to box and I played basketball, yep. played a bit of cricket. I think it's good for kids to, to not get – I find these days – you, you, you know, young fellas get player agents and they stop them doing everything. Um, I think it's yeah. really important. And if if you look at a, a lot of the most successful athletes, they've played multiple sports as kids. Um, we yeah. talk about Michael Jordan, like played heaps of baseball. You know, that was that mm. was his big thing. Um, Jeff Fennick, the boxer, he was a mad rugby league player. So um, I think it's important to try and get a feel for a few different sports. And you know, hand yeah. eye, it all goes hand in hand. And um, yeah, that don't sort of get. Like I was single-minded, that was going to be my career path, but I was very interested in playing all sports. Yeah, all right. Well, before we get into the rugby questions, um, what 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 are some of the the major major memories you have of playing as an NRL player? Because not a lot of people make it. You know, a lot a lot of people have dreams mm. of making it, and you and you did. Do you have any like I don't know? Maybe I'm sure you've got a lot of memories, but maybe top three, top five memories that just stand out to you? Yeah, probably some of my my most fondest memories are. Um, playing for the Warriors. Um, yeah. First first one, I guess, I was playing at Parramatta. I got to play against my brother, who was at the Knights. Uh, that was pretty mm-hmm. – looking back, that was a special time. At, at the time, I didn't think too much of it because I, I you know, try to get not too carried away with things. Um, <laughs> but but the time at the Warriors, we, we had a uh, – I think it was 2008, we went back and we played uh, after we beat the Storm. That was obviously a big – Big one for us that when we were eighth and finished, uh, sorry, finished eighth and beat them down in, um, down in Melbourne. That was a you know a huge memory for me. Um, and then yeah. 
The other one is when we went back the week after and played at Mount Smart and they had the blackout. Um, that's something yep. I'll never forget. That's probably my, my fondest memory of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that, those are some great memories, especially as a, as a Warriors fan as well. <laughs> Sorry. So um, we'll get on to the rugby questions now. In 03, you made your debut for the Mighty Eels against the uh, Chooks at Paris Stadium. Um, can, can you talk us through, because I believe Paul Green went down with a couple of fractures in his face, if I can, if yeah. I remember right from reading. Can you talk yep. us through, like, the processes and how you got the call up? Like, was it a surprise? Did you just get a call saying, you're in? Like, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was... Um, I, I was I was playing reserve at the time. My brother, um, I was halfback, and Steve was five eight. Um, so obviously, Greeny got hurt over the weekend, and there was an op, a chance that I might play, but I didn't really think it, they would choose me. Um, and, and I was a bit. I just got a phone call from the coach saying that I was playing. To be fair, on a Tuesday, um, I was pretty embarrassed because I was living with my brother at the time, and as I said, you know, I always looked up to my brother, and, and it's sort of like I, I felt like I jumped him in a way in. in in the way that they chose me to play instead of him. We were both in the halves. Um, it was obviously they were looking for something different. Me and Steve were quite different players. Um, yeah. I, I sort of a controlling player. Steve was a you know, real good support player and real fast. Uh, but I was more had the kicking game and that sort of thing. So that was what I guess the team needed at the time. And But I was pretty... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him because I was quite embarrassed that uh, I jumped over Big Brother to play. <laughs> but... Uh, Obviously, you know, it's, it's one of those things, exciting. It's, I think they do it a lot better these days uh, when a young guy gets to make a debut. You know, they, they bring the family in and they present them with the jerseys. Back in our time, I know I sound like an old dude now, but that, that wasn't really the case. It was literally just a phone call saying, dude, you're playing this week, so switch, switch your mind on and uh, get, ready, get ready to go. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, after you got the call, you must have been excited and everything. How did you, how did you celebrate? Did you have a few crafties? you busy? No, no way in the world. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a bit nervous. Um, I yeah. obviously made a couple of calls. My parents to let them know um, that I was playing. So, um, and then, you know, you start to get a bit like, oh, shit, shit am I ready for this? Um, <laughs> we're playing the Roosters, who just won the grand final. So that was, that was the biggest, yeah. toughest, baddest team of the time. I thought, okay, here we go. This is... <laughs> but you do give yourself that pat on the back. You know, it's something that as a kid, as I said, I always wanted to do. Um, and it was my dream, and it, it had just been after one phone call it had come true. So uh, yeah, pretty special time. Yeah, I mean, and it was it was it was definitely a special time in your rookie season. Actually, um, you were Paris' leading point scorer in your rookie season, and also um, got Paris' rookie of the year that same year. Um, the rookie of the year, did you? Pat, what were the emotions like going through when you received the award? Um, yeah, it was a pretty prestigious award. Um, yeah. Can't matter at the time. We always, always were really strong right through the whole club. Some of the names that had won it in the years prior to me were, um, you know, gone on to do big things in the game, and it was something that I'd sort of set aside on that oh, I wanted to get that. Um, so, mm. to be fair, by the end of the year, I was kind of one of the only. There was probably only two or three guys that they booed that year, young guys. So I thought I was a pretty fair chance, um, but I was, I was blessed to to get it and. Um, yeah, certainly feel really privileged to come through that Parramatta program. Some some great players yep. there, and some great times, and some lifelong friends. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that same year you were selected for the New South Wales under nineteen teams, but you're not a New South Welshman, are you? You're you're a Queenslander. No, yeah, I'm a Queenslander. <laughs> I'm a Queenslander. So back in those times, again, it wasn't state of origin in the younger grades. You had to play for the the state you were playing in. So. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I was I was playing first grade at the time, um, so the coach sort of advised, and I, I didn't. To be fair, <laughs> I didn't really want to play for New South Wales, so uh, like, yeah, I just pulled out of the team. And, and, and um, as I say, lucky enough to be playing first grade at that time at nineteen. So uh, that was my focus, and, and not wearing that dirty blues jersey. <laughs> Yeah, oh, mate, it'd be like me as a New Zealander playing for Aussie, you know. Like, I would never want to put the gold on because I'm just an Aussie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, and let's not forget that year. You you were actually among the main contenders for Rookie of the Year. Um, but mm. that year, of course, Billy Slater won it, and you know he had an amazing year. There was that. Yeah. When do you find out that you're one of the main contenders in the Rookie of the Year, or is it just like how does that stuff work? Yeah, no, you get, you get an invitation to the Dell EMs. Um, yeah. And it says that obviously you're a nominee for, for what award. Um, as you say, I was a nominee for Rookie of the Year. And that was a year that um, they postponed the Dell EMs. Um, so it's yeah. only ever time I ever got nominated for an award and uh, never got another <laughs> invite the rest of my career. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> all right, mate. I don't, I don't get many awards either for my rugby club, so we're in the same boat. Now, uh, also the year you um, you rookied, um, Para weren't going too well, weren't they? They were about three from seven mm. or so, um, and then you come yeah. in, and then they end up going. Then you end up going ten from fourteen. You know, making a run for that semis. Um, we, how did you feel? Like what? Was there something you wanted to do? Like, did you want to prove yourself and just say to the supporters, you know, I'm Michael Witt and I'm here to stay? Um, yeah, interesting one. I mean, uh, the, the team started off not so well, um, and there was a lot of a lot of talk in the media that I should be playing and that they should be investing mm. in the young guys and pushing them in. And people turned up the games with banners saying that I should play, and so it was kind of weird. I guess there was a little bit of pressure when I come in, but um, you know, it's just. It's one of those things. Once you get in there, and you now I'm retired, and I look back at it, I think it's a pretty big thing. But when you're in that rugby league bubble and that environment, you don't think too much about it. But you just got a job to do, and um, you go out and do it yep. to the best of your ability. And obviously, I'm a big team guy. I never want to let any of my mates down. So I wanted to make sure that um, you know I went and ripped in, and especially in defence, I always made sure that. You know, there were some guys at the time, halves defending out in the wing, and I just I refused to do that. It was never going to be my my go, and um, I just wanted to make sure that my teammates knew that I was I was doing the best I could. Whether that was good enough or not, yeah. I'm not sure, but um, put my best foot forward. Yeah, and and like like what is it like, you know, filling in the boots of Paul Green? Like at the time, he was a legend. You know, what yeah. what was it like stepping into those shoes? Yeah, again, you had a lot I, of pressure on you. I didn't think about it too much, you know. It was um, yeah. I got given an opportunity. Um, it was probably probably easier to do given that Greeny got injured and wasn't playing, um, yeah. rather than he was playing in poor form and they dropped him and I'd play. That would be probably more pressure. But Greeny was injured, yeah. so he was out for 10, 12 weeks. Um, so I just sort of yeah took the opportunity when I got it, and and um, yeah, I was fortunate enough that when Greeny got fit and come back to play, that they, they kept me there and. Um, yeah, I sort of stayed in the spot, which is good. Yeah, that's always good. Um, now, 04, you were named to the emergency, uh, sorry, emergency, emerging <laughs> Queensland team, but but didn't didn't see much footy that year because of um, uh, you know, because of injuries and stuff. How, how's that feeling, missing out on much much footy in a year? Like mentally, how did you cope? 
Yeah, it sucks, man. It's it's never good. Uh, it's it's mm. um, part and parcel of the game, you know. It's it's injuries come with it, um, so you got to roll yep. roll with the punches a little bit. Um, at the end of that 2003 season, I got uh, picked a captain, the junior kangaroos. Um, the coach made me pull out and go get an operation, so um, missed that opportunity again. The only Australian jersey I ever got, they took off me. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's just it is what it is. You know, it's um, you know, I think that. The coach changed the way he wanted to play a little bit at the start of 04. So I played a few games reserve grade before I, I got my opportunity. But, um, yeah, it always sucks. You know, when you come into the team, you feel like you're going okay. Um, yeah. And it's a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the shins to be going, no, go back to reserve grade and, and try and improve again. So um, once you get there and you go, right, you, you want more of it. Yeah. And then, like, uh, like, missing out on a whole year of league, you know, due to injuries and everything, what do you what do you do during that time? Do you just work on like more of on yourself? Work more on like because obviously the combos and everything won't be there. What yep. what's the processes that you go through when you're missing such a lengthy time of league? Yeah, look for me. Luckily enough, um, all my big injuries were, um, you know, I had shoulder reconstructions and knee reconstructions, but um, most of the time it was I played with the injury through the whole year, and then I'd get the the operation done in the off season, which a lot of the, a lot of the boys do. Um, so I didn't miss full seasons. Only my last season where I did my ACL and my knee that I actually sat and and, and missed the whole season. Um, mm. And at that point in time, I went and I was the assistant coach of the reserve grade. So um, I helped coach the reserve grade at, at, at the Dragons in my last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, your your time at the Eels come to an end um, when the club decided not to retain you um, despite your contract. What What ran through your mind at the time? Yeah, I was pretty cranky, I guess. The, the club sort of said to me that they wanted me to stay, but um, I, I had another three years to go on contract. Um, but uh, So, yeah, that ended the three years to go, but uh, I got a phone call from Manly. Um, the guy who signed me at Parramatta had now gone to Manly and wanted me to go there. So there was an opportunity, um, and I, I, I think I got the feeling that Parramatta were going to go on a different route, and I probably wasn't going to be the starting seven. So, uh, you know... When opportunity knocks, you got to sort of grab it, and and off the melee we went. Yeah, well, and then then that was my next question. There is why why Manly? Yeah, Noel Cleal. Noel Cleal was the recruitment officer, and he's the guy who signed me to Parramatta. <coughs> Excuse me. So he'd gone and uh, was then obviously doing that job at Manly. Uh, he got give me a phone call. Um, Andrew Walker was a five eight there at the time and uh, um, had been suspended. So he called me and just said, we want you to come over here and, and literally in the space of two or three days, it was done, it was off. Now, that that move, um, because obviously I'm not from Australia, I'm a New Zealander, but yep. was, it, was it a big move for your family from going from Parra no. to Manly? No, it wasn't, because the, simply because we're living in Parramatta. That wasn't our home anyway. Um, yep. Yeah, we'd settled there. We'd been there about four years, uh, but it was only me and my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, so she basically said, no, I don't, I don't want to go. I really like it here in Parramatta. Uh, Parramatta's out in the western side of Sydney. So I said, we'll jump in my car. Yep. We'll go out, drive out to Manly and have a look. Uh, Manly's on the northern beaches, most beautiful place in Sydney. Um, so as soon as she got out there and seen the beaches and thought, yeah, this is a bit more like uh, Queen's, a bit more like home, um, she yep. was ready to roll. So, and then, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's, it's just a move to the other side of Sydney, you know. As I say, we, we weren't moving away from family. We'd already done that. So it wasn't wasn't yep. too much a big deal. 
Is it is it is it tough trying to trying to convince you? Because you know you see all these movements happen in the NRL nowadays as well, and you know everyone always asks the, the you know the man you know like is it tough yep. for you? But is it is it tough trying to convince the you know the old lady your you know the missus? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you tell my <laughs> wife, oh, all right, we're settled in manly now. It's awesome, and then no, no, we're, now we're going to New Zealand, and then you go to New Zealand, <laughs> then you're like. No, now we're going to England. Like it's, it can be quite a selfish, selfish thing, you know. In the end of the day, you've got to go where, to be honest, where the money is, where the opportunities are, um, and understand that that that's you know that's your career, that's what pays the bills. So you sort of, I was lucky. My wife's my wife's awesome, man. She 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 was like, yep, if that's what we got to do, even if it's not ideal, that's what we'll do. Um, and that's why at the end of my career, I decided to when I decided to retire, it was like. Um, it was her decision as much as my decision and um, said, okay, now we'll wherever you want. All right. So, yeah, like we were just talking about the Warriors, um, 07, you moved to the Mighty Warriors. How, how, how did that opportunity come come about? Yeah, uh, my last year at, my last year at Manly, I, I had a carryover suspension for the start of the year and um, Travis Burns came in, was playing some decent footy. The team was winning, so I didn't get much of a look in. You know, it was hard for, for Desi to change a winning team. Um, and again, so I played a bit of reserve grade and uh, an opportunity just come to move to the Warriors. And uh, at first, I was quite daunted by it. Uh, we spoke to Steve Price, family friend. Mm. Um, Steve coached me when I was eight years old. He was my, my, my coach at Newtown Lions. Oh, he was. Uh, he yeah, was. so he was, he was my coach, man. I, I played with his younger brother, Denny. Um, so we were in the same team and Steve was their coach. Um, so, yeah, I sort of basically spoke with him and he said that he couldn't speak highly enough of the Warriors yeah. and New Zealand. So my aunt, pretty much on his word after he told me it was good, we, we signed. Yeah, I mean, was it, and, and obviously, you know, you stayed there for a couple of years. How did you enjoy, how did you enjoy your time here in New Zealand? Yeah, favourite place. Loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Loved, loved the club. Love the boys I played with. Uh, love the culture in New Zealand. Loved Auckland. Um, yeah. Love the people. It was just so good. We loved it. We never wanted to leave there. You know, we, we were really yeah. settled there and, and had a great time. And and the the players that I was there, we had a real good bunch of real good bunch of boys, um, both Kiwis and Aussies, and uh, us white boys and a, and a few Polynesians. And, <laughs> So it was, it was a good mix of cultures, a good mix of ages, yeah. and, and I think that's why it gelled and didn't come good in the end. We weren't close. Yeah. Now, um, this next question, I'm, I'm sure you you know this question might might have come up, but um, I put a I put a sort of a post out there on my Facebook page, and I asked um, any questions you want to ask Michael, ask below, and and I'll be sure to ask him. And the the the, the number one question was the infamous put down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone would just wanted to know, like you know, obviously some words that I can't use, but um, they just want to know what, what <laughs> what's this dick doing? <laughs> what, what, what was he up to? Um, yeah, well, well, you know, like run, run us through what was happening there. Yeah, man. Look, oh, I've been asked this question a million times. Uh, it's what people yeah, always yeah. want to know. You know? It's um, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, probably one of the things in my time at the Warriors I'm remembered for. Um, to be honest with you, long, long story short, uh, Jerome and, um, and Manu did all the hard work and I got to put the ball down. But my, my idea was, after I run through there, I, I thought that it only um, Adam Blair was chasing me. So my plan was to, to run and stand in the corner and not put the ball down um, and try and run the clock down. That was my whole idea. Yeah. 
But uh, I didn't see I didn't see Cam Smith. So obviously when he come, uh, I'll put the ball down straight away. But uh, it looked. I always say this to people, like, it was never in doubt. Uh, it looked a lot worse yeah. than it was because I put the ball in and went to throw it in the air. And as I went to throw it in the air, Smith, Smith kicked it. But um, it's a fond memory, that's for sure. It's, a, it's definitely one of those funner memories as well, isn't it? That, you know, you, yeah. you definitely do get oh, that question a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, after that, after the Warriors, um, you spent two yep. years at the Warriors and you went over to the Super League, played 85 matches over there for the uh, Crusaders yep. and the Broncos. Yep. Um, like, what were the what were the major two differences you could tell us about between the Super League and the NRL? Uh, it's a lot more open open game of footy yep. over in the in the UK. Um, <clears throat> also, the style of footy you, you you shift the ball around a lot more. Um, yeah, there's some big guys over there, some real big dudes. Uh, but the biggest thing is, it was probably faster. I think the um yep. the proper re- the wrestle in in the ruck hadn't really got to the Super League. Uh, eventually got there, but um, it was still a faster game of footy. And, and the other thing over there is you really have to play the conditions. So early on in the year, it's it's cold, it's freezing. It's my first game over there. I played the snow, um, so it's really hard to, to throw the ball around. Then you've just got to play sort of a bit of a tough game. But then later on in the year, uh, when the conditions allow, you can shift the ball around in the heat. And um, mate, I loved it. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. Uh, good time to go over there and. Um, off the field, nobody knows who you are, which is pretty good. You can sort of do whatever you want. You, you get to travel. Yeah. Um, so, but we, yeah, we, we loved our time at the Crusaders and London as well. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you know, what's going around a lot of clubs, the, you, you would have done a lot of pre-season as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I asked this question to a lot of the play, uh, ex-players that we bring on. Um, what, what was pre-season like? Horrible. <laughs> it's hated. everyone's favourite part, uh, isn't it? <laughs> like absolutely hated, hated every minute of it. Uh, <laughs> didn't enjoy it. People say it's great to get fit and healthy. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. So hard, so hard. I learned, yeah. I learned a very valuable lesson uh, before I got to first grade. So when I was at Parramatta, I went home and had a bit too much fun in the off season and come back and it, and it hurt me too much. So I always made yeah. sure that. In you know Christmas holidays, in end of season holidays, I was always training, so I always come back fit. Um, but that, it just hurts, man. It's so hard, and and um, you know by the end, it's 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 not like you got to get everybody make the line. It's every player's got a certain time they have to make. There's nowhere to hide. You got to work your butt off. Um, yeah. But you, it's just it's one of those things. It's part and parcel of it. It's something you got to do, and that's when you're doing it. Um, it's hard. It sucks, but you know that to get your body prepared for what can be a pretty brutal NRL season, you have you have to go through it. So just one of those mm. things, my man. Who, who who had the worst preseason? Obviously uh, they all suck. They all suck, yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh the the Dragons <laughs> the Dragons my last year was was pretty hard. Um I come back, I was super fit, so I felt really good, but we did an army camp and that's that's the one thing I can remember an army camp. It was the first proper army camp that I'd done with the dragons and it was just horrible 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 <laughs> bit, place <laughs> and you know like it's it's one time this that uh the start of every year when i see when i see these boys in pre-season training i, I don't envy that i don't miss that one bit it's um very happily yeah. retired when i see pre-season training kicking off <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean um who's who's the the worst pre-season training you've ever um you've ever trained with 
The worst preseason trainer. Oh, I have to go right back to Parramatta. Foo Foo Moi Moi was. He just come to Parramatta from South, and he was just like that. That was probably one of the other hardest ones. We, my second year at Parramatta, they just flogged us all preseason. Flogged us, run the mm. run the hell out of us, and um, um, he just basically stopped and went home. And said, "No, nah, it's not me. I don't do that." Yeah, um, he, he got pretty lucky. <laughs> they brought him back, but but just like mid run, just stop and turn around, just walk off. Said, "No, nah, I'm done." That's it. So we did that a few That's times. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. What about the flip side? Um, were there any like just freaks? Plenty of freaks. Yeah, plenty of yeah. guys that just just had huge engines. Um, Adam Dykes is the first one that I I, I seen when I come into grade at Parramatta. Just. Just could run all day, do any fitness drill, you know, non-stop. Um, he was good. Um, Dan Sardinson was a young guy I played with over in England. He was a proper freak fit. Um, yep. But there's always there's always guys, you know, it's usually the guys in the halves and hookers who are the, the fear guys and out in the front. And um, You know, you like to try and get yourself. And the thing is, as, as a half, you're required to be out the front working hard. Uh, so... Mm. But, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to play with some fantastic athletes. Yeah. Well, I, I hate preseason myself. I, I, I try to avoid it at all costs. Um, now, modelling. I believe you, you, were, you were a bit of a modeller when you were a bit younger. Um, or, you know, in the, in the late 05. Um, what, what, was, what, was, what was all of that about? You know, was it... Yeah, pretty interesting, man. I, well, I had my, um, my, um, my agency that looked after me call me. Uh, my playing manager worked at an agency and they asked, would I do it? I said, no, not doing that. Uh, so raise money for, first of all, was uh, underprivileged Aboriginal kids and then it was uh, yeah. breast breast cancer. So mm. I said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And I told my wife about it. I think she told my mum. And they're like, no, you should do that. Like, you know, you, you're raising money for an awesome cause. Go for it. Yeah. So I literally went there and when I first did it, I thought I was just taking my shirt off and then it was, by the time I got there, it was full kid off. So um, I could raise a lot of money for a good cause. And one day when I'm big and overweight and I can I can show, show that I was in the <laughs> at some point in time. Actually, my daughter, uh, funny you say that, my, my daughter, oh, I don't know, it was like last week, she Googled something, um, Googled my name for some reason. She was doing something at school and, <laughs> And a few of these photos were done, and they were just pissing themselves laughing. Oh. Going, Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> oil, oil, were you all oiled up? All oiled up, baby. Oil oh, bro. Everything. Oil, makeup was about an inch thick in my face. I had all the good lighting, so I looked probably more ripped than I was. Yeah, bro, we, did, we, we didn't go half hearted, I tell you. <laughs> well, well, let's not forget, you know, in 07, you're a finalist for the, um, you know, the sexiest man in league. Um, that year was won by Brett Stewart. What was what was that? What was that like? <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'll give you a little inside scoop of this. Neil, you might think I'm I'm pulling your leg, but they rang me. They rang me. My my again. My my agency rang me and said, "You've won sexiest man of the year." Um, so sexiest man at rugby league, whatever it is. And they said, "You've got to fly back on uh, fly back on Wednesday to go to the footy show and accept the set the um, award." And I was like, "No." Nah. We just got knocked out at the Warriors, so we just fell out of the competition. 
Unlike no, nah, I got I got plenty of uh, binge drinking to do. I I can't. I'm not coming. They're like, no, you've got to come and set the water. You won't get it. I was like, give it to someone else. I don't care. Uh, and then we end up going on a trip away. So I was like, nah, I got no interest. Uh, I've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that probably sounds like a make it up. He's like, "Oh, second, I would really come first. But uh, yeah, I was, I was a flying back to Australia to go on the footy show and, and get uh, some free Rexona or something. Yeah, and they probably would have made you take your top off knowing the footy show back then as uh, well. Hundred eh? <laughs> percent. Now, of course, um, after all of this, you know, you you finished your career out at St George. Obviously, quite quite injury riddled as well while you were there. Yeah, it was just, yeah, unfortunate, really. And I I finished up um, in England. I did the whole pre-season. And then I went, actually signed with the rugby union team. I signed with the Leeds Rugby Union. Um, yeah. yep. did, did their pre-season. And then, uh, yeah, wasn't able to get my contract registered. So I come home um, and did another pre-season. So I was just, I was really strong, really fit. But I think I might have crossed the line and been too, too fit. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, worked my ring all off to get into the, to the first grade side. Got back in the NRL team in round one, um, going to score a try. I, I um, off the kick, I grabbed the ball and someone pulled me by the neck and popped my shoulder. Oh. And and so oh. just one of those ones landed on my shoulder. So um, <clears throat> I was out of the game for, I think I had two weeks off just to try and get the shoulder back in and get it strengthened up a little bit. Come back in, started mm. playing again and... and um, yeah, I just snapped my ACL. So um, just oh, one of those things, freak accident, chasing a ball, there was no one yeah. around me. I just, just went to turn and uh, made she went. So, um, yeah, got to that point in time where it was like, okay, these injuries are starting to happen a bit. Um, I wasn't um, I wasn't going to be on the big money anymore. Um, my eldest daughter was about to start school. So I was, you know, mm. I just felt like that all everything could align for me to, to call it quits. And I always wanted to and always said to my wife that I wanted to retire on my terms. And I just felt like yeah. all the stars were aligning to say, all right, it's time to time to hang them up and, and move home. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's never cool that, you know, you, you're forced into retirement due to um, injuries. But it's, I actually love how you you decided, like, you know, I'm not going to risk yeah. any more further injuries to my body and, you know, in the future for my body to be stuffed. I'm going to retire now, and you know you don't you don't hear much of that these days. Most most players yeah. just try to play it out. Yeah, they do, and obviously there's there's a lot of money involved, so you can stay and, and try and collect the money. But I, I'd never signed, never signed a contract to be a backup player. Um, yeah. So I would always, you know, sometimes I play reserve. Don't get me wrong, but it always was a chance of being the number one half or you know, starting half. Um, and at that stage, I said, look, we'll resign you, but you'd probably be a backup to Benji Marshall and Gareth Widdop. And I just, you know, I didn't want to do that role. I think now that role has become really important in the NRL. But at that time, I was just like, um, I didn't want to, I knew I'd probably progress uh, length of my career by one or two years. And I just didn't want to put my daughter into school, get her all settled, and then we move home because you're always coming back to the Gold Coast. Uh, So I just didn't want to do that. And, you know, the time was right. Yeah. Now, um, you know, looking looking back at your career, you've you scored fifty one tries. Um, which which ones? Other, you know, obviously you've got your. Do you remember your first try before we get? In? Yeah, I do. I do remember my first try. I scored a try in about my third or fourth game for Parramatta against Manly at Brookie Oval. Yep. Yeah, I stepped Good past uh, Steve Menzies. Yeah. And then <laughs> no. I, I, 
I end up playing with Beaver a couple of couple of years later. I'd never let him forget it, but uh, I just only stepped in because I was too scared of him tackling me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and, you know, surely when you get on a, you know, a couple of the schooners, you, that, that story comes out. Hey, Stevie, remember when I sit you? Yeah, stepped in once, but he bumped me off about 48 times, so I didn't really hang on to that. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there, like, you know, obviously your first try is your most memorable try. Is there any other, you know, out of the 50, is there any other tries that you, you, fond, like you remember vividly? Yeah, a couple of them. I, I, my first year, I scored two tries against South Sydney. Um, I remember those fondly. Um, I scored a try... Yeah. Um, trying for Manly against the Tigers, which which was a pretty cool try. I sort of bumped off a few dudes, slipped over and went over. I, I still remember a fair few. Scored another couple against Penrith, but um, yeah, to be fair, I didn't score that many. So when I scored them, I I enjoyed them, and uh, yeah, I, I can remember a, a fair bit. You know, a couple of tries, mm. chipping chases are always good. Um, obviously, <laughs> that try, uh, you know, against Melbourne. Um, is, is pretty memorable. Um, just not yeah. that it was a good try, anything that I did, but just the timing and and the fact that we were totally written off and were no chance of winning. Uh, those are the sort of ones uh, that you remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember all the stories about that one. You know, the Warriors were like they're, they're never going to make it anywhere. That you guys end up bloody good yeah. going on a beat the storm, which was a huge feat. Yeah, yeah, no, we were written off, but uh, we were pretty confident in ourselves. Just the the, the group that we had there and um, we'd always done good against Melbourne so we were pretty confident and luckily enough it come off in the end. Yeah. Now um obviously league has developed into a different kind of game and you know a lot yep. of the rules have changed. Is there anyone like back in those days, you know, back in your playing days that would probably thr- thrive off these rules? Um oh. I think, yeah, a lot of the players, I think the, the guys that are bigger forwards that can play with the footy a little bit, um, that sort of, mm. the, the lock, the lock position, which is becoming super important today with quick play the balls, guys that are playing on the front foot and through the middle, um, yep. all those sorts of guys, you know, there's, there's too many to name, but a lot of those guys would be fantastic in today's game. Mm. Um, do you watch much footy these days? Yeah, I watch a little bit. I, I, I watch a little bit. I um. I keep an eye on what's going on. I don't. I probably watch most games a week. I just sort of flick through and keep an eye on. I'm not a footy fanatic when you stretch, but I always like to watch the Warriors if I can. Um, I feel um, that's the team I feel closest closest to. So I try and try and watch the Warriors games when possible. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things. When I retired, I sort of stepped away from it for two or three years. Didn't didn't watch much footy. Didn't do anything with footy. Uh, but starting to get back into it now. Yeah, that's that's always good. All right, so we've got a um couple of viewer questions before we wrap up here. Um, Mike Michael Hall is asking, um, was your transfer from the Warriors to Rugby Union your choice? Um, as a fan, it seemed like our halves were being shown the door without any decent replacement coming through the system. Uh, to answer the question, no, wasn't my choice. Um, I got told mm. at the end of. What season was that? End of 2008, that no matter what I did, I would never play first grade at the club again. They decided they were going in wow. a new direction. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. so they just told me, and I, because they said, we, you're not in our plans. I said, well, I'll, I'll stay and I'll work hard to prove you I'm the I'm right one for the job. And they said, no, it doesn't matter how good you train, you're not going to play. 
Um, so best you'd better go and move on. So that uh, no, wasn't my choice at all. But um, yeah, just one of those things that happens in professional sport. Yeah. Um, now oh, he's actually got three questions in there. Um, as an ex-Warriors player, do you feel do you feel we get tougher calls from the officials than what our opposition gets? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough. You know, it's, um, you know, especially when you're playing over here in Australia, you, you obviously don't have as many fans as the opposition team. But um, I, I just feel sometimes, yeah, we um, referees, I don't think it's as bad now as it was, but I think referees come in with a preconceived idea back in the day that the Warriors, what how they were going to play and what they were going to do. And I, I feel like they... Yeah, made a call, a few calls that didn't go our way. Continue to. Mm, yeah. It sucks that sometimes it happens like that. Um, and then yep. lastly, his last question is, our players have always thrived off our second phase um, ad-lib style football, which I believe is where our strength is. Um, the structure of football we currently play is boring as uh, as a spectator, uh, as a spectacle. Is it boring playing um, that structured style while you are playing? It can be sometimes. It can be sometimes. Mm. But the one thing that I um, I always believe is you earn the right to shift the ball around. You earn the right to to throw the offloads, all that sort of stuff. And it doesn't matter what team you are. You need to you need to set a, a strong foundation and um, get yourself rolling forward. Um, and then you can play a bit of ad lib footy over that. You'll see in today's game sometimes. I think now with the new rules, it's changed a little bit. They've certainly got pretty structured and. Um, pedantic there for a couple of years and I think that's that's why the new rules have come come good. I think that's helped that the smaller player, the ad lib footy is, is back into it. Um, it's about understanding when you get a quick play of the ball and when you can sort of pounce on it rather than it got there for a, a point of time to really trying to set up plays um, and build for it. But um, I think the game now is in a pretty good spot. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's, I, I feel like that, that ad lib footy is, is yeah, what we're exciting to watch. All right, Dylan. Uh, sorry, Dylan Larkins has asked, uh, "Who was the most underrated player um, in the team that, like, any team that you've played in, um, also in the comp in your time?" Uh, any team that I played in, one that I, I think I always go to is my time with the Warriors is Michael Luck. Um, he was a guy mm. who didn't get a lot of lot of rewards, uh, not rewards, but a lot of notoriety. But as a teammate, he was so valuable. He did all the little things right. Every single time, um, he put his head where you wouldn't want to put your feet. So he's one that always, <laughs> always springs to mind as a guy who was underrated. Um, yeah. In terms of the whole league, look, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you usually go back to guys that you play with because you understand the work they're doing uh, around the ball and off the ball. Um, and lucky was certainly that one. Yep. Now, um, Will Cosgrove has asked, what was the uh, Tyeri Eels club rooms like after a big win? <laughs> the Tyeri oh, Eels, no. yeah. They were exciting. They were exciting. The, uh, the, boys, <laughs> the boys loved the boat race down there and were very, very good at it. I never made the, <laughs> never made the boat race team, uh, but I always give a lot of support. But it was so many good dudes down there that I met. and It was, yeah, it was really good times. Uh, you know, back to it's one thing that's surprising when I signed with New Zealand rugby is that you go back and play uh, club rugby just with a local team. You know, so that really, really sort of surprised me. But uh, mate, it was some good times there. Some really good blokes there and, and a great club. Mate, us, us us rugby boys do love a good beer after a good win too. 
Love a beer and a boat race, <laughs> I tell you. Um, he also asked, um, what, uh, like, any any stories or memories from your time down when you were playing for Otago? Um, yeah, look, it was, you know, there's some really good people there. Oh, I love some of the guys down there. Um, I, I remember the the Mad Monday was pretty good. At the end of the Otago <laughs> season. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a few stories probably I, I couldn't tell you, but, um, you know, something that <laughs> I, I wish my rugby time went a bit better. Um, mm. um, I was really excited to go to Rugby Union um, mm. and move down there. Uh, Ryan Shortland was one of my best mates. He'd moved from the Warriors down there as well. and you know, it, was, it was awesome uh, down there. But I, I, the coach and I sort of didn't see eye to eye. And, um, yeah, I, I, he was a pretty ordinary coach, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, we just we sort of didn't, it didn't it didn't pan out the way we all planned it to, but um, you know these things happen. Yeah. Now, um, my dad, being Brennan, has um, asked, uh, what was 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 it tough trying to um, you know transition into rugby from league because obviously they're two completely different games. Uh yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, um, they're, they're certainly it's. Even the the players are different. Um, mm. Come from different backgrounds. Do you know? Do things a little bit differently. But I felt like um, you know I was. I felt like I was picking it up all right. Um, playing a bit of club rugby. Um, I think parts of my game lend itself to rugby union. I thought I was quite a. No, I didn't think I was. But one of the stronger points of my game was my kicking game. Obviously, goal kicking um, as a rugby player is, is super important. Um, yep. But it, it is it is hard. It's different. Um, and the defence not going back ten metres is is something you got to come to come to terms with as well. You don't have as much space as what you think. For sure, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was even tough for you know players like us transitioning into league as well. What, yeah. what was the yeah, hardest was part awesome. of learning about rugby? Like, was the, was it the placing of the ball, or like, did you when you first took that first contact, did you try to get up and play the ball? <laughs> I didn't try and get up and play the ball, but I still remember. Um, yeah, making tackles and trying to get back ten meters and and looking like a clown and <laughs> and I also remember opposition teams taking the piss out of me because when we go to would say we take the penalty shot I said we'll take the two and they're like it's three in this game you league you're an idiot <laughs> just take a, the two, you mate, know we'll take the two and I was just like ah oh, yeah he's good he's got me it's just just you know have it but um, yeah the, I think the hardest thing was yeah in and around a breakdown. Yeah, you know, I think there's yeah. plenty of guys that play rugby their whole lives, and there's there's penalties called, and they don't know what it's for. So uh, for a leaguey coming in, it was yeah. Sometimes in there, I didn't know what the call was. To be fair. Yeah. All right. Well, that that is the end of our questions. Um, I'll just wrap it up here. That's it from the big stuff. We are gonna wrap it up here, and um, as I always say every week, remember to stay stuff. See you later.